0: You're listening to the Faith Matters Podcast with Steve McKinley. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKinley, pastor of the Navin Baptist Fellowship. Here on the Faith Matters Podcast, I like to think about and talk about matters of faith. And so I was perusing the news here over the Christmas break and I I came across an article that I thought would be good to kick off the year with. And it's found on LifeSiteNews.com. The title reads, Former Nun Details Years of Satanic Sex Abuse by Jesuit Priest, Father Rupnik. His sexual obsession was not extemporaneous, but deeply connected to his conception of art and his theological thinking, said a former member of Father Rupnik's community, who says she was abused by him for nine years. It goes on to say the Catholic world has been taken by storm in recent days with news of Jesuit Father Marco Ivan Rupnik's sexual abuse, but despite being a key figure in Rome, the priest is not widely known in the wider church. Now new details have highlighted the manner of his sexual abuse of nuns. Abuse in the Catholic Church isn't anything new, and this didn't really catch me by surprise, But, uh, you know, this is a pretty sick individual that uh, we're reading about here. Uh, And my purpose on this episode is not to um, detail um, his wrongdoing or to really point the finger at him, but it's rather to take note of one statement in the article which I think points up a much bigger problem with the Catholic Church. And so the article goes on to state, details also emerged that Rupnik had been found guilty by an ecclesiastical trial after he absolved an accomplice in confession with whom he had committed a sin against the Sixth Commandment. Now in Catholic teaching, thou shalt not commit adultery is the Sixth Commandment. And so this evil man, Rupnik, supposedly absolved someone of sin with whom he had committed adultery. And just so we all understand what it means for a Catholic priest to absolve someone of their sins, I want to read a few statements from the Catholic Catechism. And so here's one. The church who through the bishop and his priests forgives sins in the name of Jesus Christ, and determines the manner of satisfaction, also prays for the sinner and does penance with him. Thus the sinner is healed and reestablished in ecclesiastical communion. And then if we look down at the comments under the story, a lot of people commenting, but here's a certain man, Tim. He comments this, The church and its teachings are sound, But unfortunately, it has been infiltrated by deviants at all levels, including, in my opinion, the sham Pope Francis. That's what Tim says. And here's what I want to zero in on. No, sorry Tim, but the Catholic Church is not sound, and the doctrine that the Catholic Church teaches is certainly not sound. And as they say, the proof is in the pudding, or rather, the proof of the pudding is in the tasting, and here we get a rather lurid, uh, a horrible taste in our mouth from the Catholic Church's doctrine of confession, absolving people of their sin, and of penance. And so this priest, Rupnik, was guilty of the very sin that he was supposedly forgiving, guilty of the very same act that he was forgiving. And this is a a terrible case to think about, but any priest that you could possibly go to to receive forgiveness is guilty of the very same sin that they are claiming to forgive you of. And so if you're Catholic, what kinds of sins do you confess to your priest? Would it be sins of your thought life? Would it be um, sinful words, um, sinful deeds? And do you think that the priest that you're confessing to is not guilty of the very same sins that you're confessing to him? Um, Indeed, he is. And so God's word says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, for there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. There's not a single just or righteous man on this earth who does not sin. And then James 2.10 goes on to say, for whosoever shall keep the whole law And yet offend in one point is guilty of all. And so if your priest has offended God at one point of the law, he is guilty of the entire law. And so the priest that you go to to confess your sins is himself a sinner. And that's not my assessment of him. That is God's assessment that he gives us in his word. There is none righteous, no, not one. <clears throat> and all sin is committed against God. And so therefore only God has the right to forgive sin, and only God has the authority Uh, the right and the authority to forgive sin. And there is no mere human being who can forgive sins and especially determine what the manner of satisfaction uh, there needs to be to rid a person of guilt and to turn away the wrath of God. And the Catechism goes on to give the wording that the priest is to give. It's this, I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. As if invoking the names of the Trinity somehow justifies the priest trying to forgive you of your sin. And so here's here's what uh, absolve means according to the Cambridge Dictionary. It means to free someone from guilt, blame, or responsibility for something. And so when the priest says, I absolve you of your sin, he is freeing you from the guilt and blame and responsibility from sin, from your sin, or so he thinks. And the example that the Cambridge Dictionary gives is, the priest absolved him of all his sins. And so to absolve someone is a judicial act. It's like the judge bringing down the gavel and saying, you're innocent. And this is according to the Catholic Pocket Dictionary Encyclopedia. It says, absolution from sin is a remission of sin which the priest, by authority received from Christ, makes in the sacrament of penance. It is not a mere announcement of the gospel or a bare declaration that god will pardon the sins of those who repent but as the council of trent defines it is a judicial act by which a priest as judge passes sentence on the penitent and it says the absolution of grace i'm sorry the absolution of sins gives grace removes guilt and reconciles the sinner to God. So the priest is claiming to give grace, remove the guilt of your sin, and reconcile you to God. And then there's this statement, there's even absolution from the dead. It says, a short form imploring uh, eternal rest and so indirectly remission of the penalties of sin after a funeral mass over the body of the dead person before it is removed from the church. And if you want to know what the Bible says about life after death, watch the previous podcasts that I did about what happens after death, and you'll find out that there are, according to the Bible, there are no second chances after death. So even this idea of absolution for the dead is a farce. And folks, this is utter blasphemy. It's blasphemous of the Catholic Church and of your Catholic priest to be claiming to remove your guilt and to determine what the satisfaction for your sin is. That is totally blasphemous. Your Catholic priest has no more right than does a child to forgive you of your sin. The right of forgiveness is reserved for God alone. And did you know that the Jews were familiar were very familiar with the Old Testament Scripture, and they knew that no one could uh, could forgive sin but God. And here came Jesus claiming to forgive sin, and that's why they accused him of blasphemy and ended up killing him on the cross. Because the Bible makes clear that no one can forgive sin but God alone. And of course, Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. And Catholics like to point to one verse, one verse of Scripture. There's nothing else for them to point to, but they point to John twenty twenty. And I have my Bible open to John 20, uh, really verses 22 and 23. Um, this is Jesus... Um, really just before he ascends into heaven, this is after his crucifixion, he he appears to the disciples and he says to them, when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. And this is the verse that the Catholics cling to to justify you confessing your sin to your priest and them supposedly absolving you of your sin. But the verse says no such thing. And if you read the wider context here, Jesus is preparing his disciples and really giving them the authority to go out in his name and declare the gospel. They're getting ready to go out and start the New Testament church. And uh, don't take my word for it, but let's go to the very next book after John. It's the book of Acts. And the book of Acts, that's short for the Acts of the Apostles. It's the history book of the New Testament. And the book of Acts details how the apostles went about establishing the New Testament church in the first century. And do you realize that not once... And never in the book of Acts do we find anyone um, um, confessing their sins to another human being or doing penance. And not once do we read of the apostles um, receiving confession from someone. Nowhere in the New Testament are we ever commanded to confess our sins to another person. And so this is wholly made up. This is... Um, a wholesale invention by the Catholic Church. And so this is a clear case of the emperor has no clothes. It's believed by millions of people, but there is not a shred of evidence to show that you should ever confess your sin to your priest. So don't be duped by the traditions of men. Go straight to the source, the Bible, And do you know that if you read the Bible, you're going to get a very different picture of Christianity than what you may get from your priest or from your church? And so bypass the traditions of men and go straight to the source. This is God's own word. And find out what God has to say about your faith. And uh, we can find a lot of things in here about confession of sin, but never once do we read that we're to confess to another person. So, only God has the right and the authority to forgive sins. And, you know, He is the one who is offended by sin. It's not your priest who is offended by your sin, it's God. And so, God alone forgives sin, and He is the one that you must go to for forgiveness. And did you realize that He has gifted us with the death of His own precious Son upon the cross of Calvary? And Jesus Christ's sacrificial death was sufficient satisfaction to pay for your sins. And so when you go sit in the confessional booth and here is your priest telling you to praise so many our fathers and whatever he tells you to, uh, to achieve satisfaction by God, just know that satisfaction has already been achieved through the, the death of burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ it was by the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the Calv- uh, on the cross of calvary and no amount of penance that you could possibly do will ever measure up to the precious the uh, blood the high price the high cost of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that he shed to pay for your sins um and so this is what the apostle Peter says. And first Peter, if you open up your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 through 19, Peter says this. For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation, that means your vain, your empty lifestyle, your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. But with the precious blood of of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And so Peter says, You are not cleansed from your sin by the vain, repetitious um, lifestyle that you learned from your fathers. You're, you're cleansed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the lamb without blemish and without spot. Your priest has committed this very same sins that you are confessing to him that he is claiming to forgive you of, but here Jesus Christ is sinless. He never sinned. He is the spotless, blameless lamb, and so he alone um, has the right and the authority and the power and the ability to forgive you of your sins. Uh John, in First John, the Apostle John wrote 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. In there he said, And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Propitiation is a big word that simply means a uh, the appeasing of of sin, he appeases the wrath of God. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ was all that was necessary to appease the wrath of God and turn away His wrath from you. And so John said, "If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father." And he didn't say it's the Catholic priest. He named our advocate, and it's Jesus Christ, the righteous. And your priest cannot claim to be righteous because he himself is a sinner, according to the truth of the Bible. But Jesus Christ is the righteous, and he is the propitiation or the appeasement for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And so forgiveness is available to anyone in the whole world who would simply come to God by Jesus Christ and ask forgiveness for your sins. And then lastly, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all, To be testified in due time. Again, there's one mediator between God and men. There's one priest, one mediator, and it's God, I'm sorry, it's Jesus Christ. He said, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. There aren't three mediators, there isn't God through Jesus Christ to Mary, uh, to man, or any other combination. Um, it's not God to Jesus Christ to Mary to the priest or to you or any of that. There's one mediator, and it's Jesus Christ. And so the lesson here is go to Christ and trust him alone to, to save you and to forgive you of your sins. Then will be fulfilled the promise of John 20, verse 23, and your sins will be remitted. Your sins will be forgiven if you simply come to Jesus Christ according to what the Bible says and ask forgiveness of your sins. Well, this this terrible story highlights for us the important truth that all men are sinners And no man is worthy to forgive sins but God alone. And so make Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, make him your Savior and go to him alone for your salvation and forgiveness of sins. Until next time, may God bless you.